And for those of you that may be, this may be the, you, you may have connected online and this is your first time, um, you know, worshiping with us physically. And that young lady that started this whole worship thing off, you know, she was singing that song, you know, her name is Lacey. And her parents are all the way from Louisiana today. And they are sitting right here. Can we welcome Brad and Ronette? But while we were in quarantine, Nathan and Lacey had their baby. And so Jackson Lee Ponder is here for the first time. Brad, would you stand up and show everybody Jackson? So we get an opportunity today. I'm going to start a new series called Closer. We live in a world now that says things like COVID-19, pandemic, social distancing, quarantine. And we're going to live wisely. We're going to worship wisely. You know, but there's one thing. As, as happy as I am to see you, if me and you were here, it would just be a great get together. But we believe that the Bible is true and where two or three of us gather in his name, he's also here. So can we welcome God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit? Amen. Because in this closer series, we're going to see people in the Bible that just had to get to Jesus. And when we pray this morning before I preach, I want you to pray... You know, we can acknowledge just like we did. God's here. He's in this place. And we want, we, you know, it feels good. We feel him here. But I don't want you just to feel him up here and you back there. I'm preaching a sermon this morning called Within Arm's Distance. The average length of a woman's arm from her shoulder to the tip of her finger is between 26 and 30 inches. And the average man's span from his shoulder to the tip of his finger is between 30 and 36 inches. We're going to study about two people that got that close to Jesus. Close enough for him to touch one and allow another to touch him. Wonder what would change in this place right now with all of your prayer requests, all of your needs, all of those mountains that seem unclimbable, all of those challenges that seem insurmountable. What would happen if you touched Jesus or he touched you? I think they would be evaporated. I think that your breakthrough would happen. Chains would be broken. So would you pray with me this morning? Dear Heavenly Father, thank you that we have an opportunity this morning to get close. Father, I'm thankful that you're in this building, but I don't just want you in this building. I want you so close that you could touch me or I could touch you. Father, I need your touch today and I need, I need to sometimes exercise my faith and reach out and touch you. So Father, whether you're going to be the one touching me or I'm going to be the one touching you, let's have an encounter today that changes my life. And I give you the praise, honor, and glory in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Now, I've been waiting for 13 weeks. I've had to change this because I used to say, touch your neighbor. Just look, smile at your neighbor and say, let's get within arm's distance. 
Now today I'm going to be actually preaching out of two portions of the Bible. I'm going to be preaching out of Matthew chapter 8 verses 1 through 4. You could read these passages when you get home because there, there are a lot of scriptures and I, instead of taking the time to read all of them in their entirety, I'm just going to preach them and then you can go to make sure you confirm what I say. Okay, look in your Bible. Amen. And I'm going to be preaching uh, Matthew chapter 8. It's about a man. He has leprosy. And then I'm also going to be preaching about the similarities between this man with leprosy and a woman with an issue of blood. That means that she continually bled over and over and over again every single day. Both of these people, both the man and the woman, were considered by the Levitical law unclean. In Mark chapter 5, you find that this woman is going to believe that if she just got close enough to Jesus to touch the bottom of his robe, she would be healed. So you say, Pastor, give me the background of both of these stories. See, in Matthew chapter 8, Jesus is getting done preaching one of his famous sermons called the Sermon on the Mount. And he is coming down from a mountain with a group of people. A large crowd had gathered around him that had worshipped with him, had listened to him preach up on the mountain. But now they were getting back into real life. They were coming off of their mountaintop experience and they were getting back involved in real life. And he was approaching a city and outside of this city stood a man considered unclean. Now, on the other story, you've got Jesus that had been on the other side of a lake and he, not, he didn't just preach a famous sermon. He did a famous miracle called the deliverance of the Gadarene lunatic. That means that there was a man possessed of 6,000 demons. It's the story where Jesus asked the demons, what is your name? And they said, we are legion for we are many. Legion means 6,000. And Jesus had liberated this man just by speaking the words of authority and peace. And deliverance came to this man. And this man's demons went into a herd of pigs and they ran off of a cliff. The problem is Jesus was in a town of pig farmers. And they said, oh, you got to go because if you keep delivering people, we're going to go broke. Isn't it amazing sometimes how God can be doing something wonderful. And if it goes against what we call normal, it, it, we kind of brush back at him a little bit and say, hey, thank you, but can you go somewhere else? Can somebody say amen? And so he gets into a boat. He obliges. He goes across to the other side. And immediately when he is met, when he gets to the other side of the lake, there is a man that has a daughter that's so sick she's about to die. And he's a ruler of a synagogue. He, his name is Jairus. And he runs to Jesus. And immediately, you know, anytime you ever notice that all you got to do is have two or three people act like something crazy is going on and they run in a direction and they'll gra gravitate a crowd. I mean, I've been to a couple of accidents before and I'm like the first one there. And I'm like, oh my God, Jesus, help me. I'm all by myself. And I turn around 10 seconds later and there's a big group of people. I'm like, where did they come from? A crowd will gather just like that, especially in bad situations. And so the crowd gathered around seeing, seeing this man that was familiar to them run to Jesus. And this is kind of awkward. And he says, hey, I, I, you know, I know I'm a leader and I know I'm risking my job and I know I'm risking everything. But my daughter's life is at stake here and you got to come to my house. And she's at the point of death. Will you come? And Jesus says, yes. 
And a crowd's going to follow to see if he can perform the miracle that he promised. And so both the man with leprosy and the woman with the issue of blood had to come across a challenge of getting to Jesus was through the navigation of a crowd. That means that they were both considered unclean. That means that they had to, under the Levitical law, anytime that they come into the city, they could take a certain number of steps. They had to stop and say, I'm unclean. Nobody touched me. You're talking about social distancing. Now that's social distancing. You know, it would be like somebody coming in here and going, let me just give you an example. It's like, oh, I don't want to mess the camera up. There's people online. I got to do this in first service. I'm going to end up coming down there. So get, get adjusted. You good? What would you do if somebody come in here and said, I got COVID-19. I tested positive yesterday. I mean, everybody be looking where they, they touched and, and you know, you, you talking about six feet. You wouldn't have no problem. That, that brother could stand up and go, I'm into hugging. How about, no. That's these people. They were considered not only unclean, but contagious. Now, they're going to approach Jesus and the crowd differently. One of them is going to be bold in his faith. The man with leprosy is just going to come in and say, I got leprosy. I can't hide it. You see it all over me. Now, leprosy in the Bible is a lot like uh, the challenges of our lives, especially the challenges of sin, because leprosy was a disease that kind of ate away at you at a little bit at a time. Stuff fell off like your fingers and your toes. See, a lot of times people misunderstand sin and they think that they can handle sin. They think, well, it's just a little sin. I'll just let it, let it kind of be the little thing in my life. And what happens is the little thing in your life turns out to be a big thing and you lose some stuff. Amen? How many of you have ever lost something because of sin? Say amen. I have. And so... He's going to just come right up. He's going to just bully his way into the crowd. He's going to get to where Jesus is and he's just going to kneel down and he's going to say, Lord, that's an important part of this message. See, he didn't believe that Jesus was a magic worker. He didn't believe that Jesus was a prophet. He didn't believe Jesus was a rabbi. He didn't believe Jesus was a good teacher. He believed he was the Messiah. And he said, Lord, if it be your will, if you are who I know you are and my faith has touched the right person, then I know that if it be your will, you can make me clean. Same way with the woman. This woman's not going to come boldly in front of the crowd. She's going to try to blend into the crowd. She doesn't want, she's trying to be careful not to touch anybody. <laughs> and She's going to sneak up behind Jesus. Everybody's focusing on Jairus and his need for his daughter. And Jesus is getting thronged by all of this crowd. She ends up having to kneel down. Isn't it amazing how both of them had to get on their hands and knees? Not to beg. But isn't this one of the best places to worship? Is when you've humbled yourself in acknowledgement of who he is. That if we really had to live life without him, we would all be a mess. Can somebody say amen? So when I find myself on my knees, it's not that God wants me to grovel and wants me to, to come beg him for something. It is that I am in the proper position exalting the name and the authority of who he is in my life. And his lordship commands a reverence and obedience. And, and when I find myself on my knees, it's a perfect place to worship. Because she got on her knees and reached out 26 to 30 inches. This isn't going to look good, friends, on the video. But she had to lay kind of down like this. And she reached up there and touched the bottom of his robe. 
Why? Because she believed he was the Messiah. When scripture said, and I heard that Jesus was coming, she said, but if I may touch the hem of his garment. Why the hem of his garment? Because in the Levitical law, according to the Levitical law, the prophecy of the coming Messiah was proclaimed in their clothing of a man that had a blue thread around the bottom of his robe. And if she believed that he was the Messiah, the Old Testament prophets declared that the Messiah would come with healing in his wings. And if she come with faith to touch the Messiah, even even though she just touched his clothes, it was enough faith to make her whole. Can somebody say amen? amen. So they both had to fight their way through. See, that's why I, I struggle with modern day Christians sometimes. They act like just putting your hand out and saying in the name of Jesus is enough. Sometimes you got to contend for something. Sometimes you got to overcome something. I'm going to say something right in the face of the camera. These people would not have been healed had they not got from where they were into the presence of Jesus. They were not the only unclean person in the city, but they were the only unclean person willing to fight the crowd to get to him. See, sometimes you're waiting for Jesus to, to show up where you are. Sometimes if you believe he's here, take advantage of the moment and don't let him leave or you leave without reaching out and touching him. Well, pastor, I'm worried about, you know, people talk about, I'd fight a crowd. You won't even fight what people think about you. Well, I can't get up there and go to the front of the building. If I go to the front of the building, people think I got something wrong and you think you would fight a crowd. Just preaching today, man. I ain't preached in 13 weeks to people. Cole, sometimes you got to fight your way into something. You got to just be willing to have enough faith to say, hey, if I keep going the way I'm going like these two people, if they would have gone by the way of nature and, and the natural progression of things, they would have only gotten worse. They would have never gotten better because neither one of them could heal themselves. But if they believed in who he is and they got to him, that's their only hope. How many times have you ever been desperate and found out you can do desperate things when it, you need to? Amen? Because here's where it gets good. In the story of the leprous man, Jesus, the Bible says, he said, he knelt down and said, if it be your will, you can make me clean. And Jesus said, I will. I would touch you, Ralph, but we're in social distancing. <laughs> he said, I will. And then the Bible says, he stretched out his hand and touched him. See, the moment that his skin touched the leprous man's skin, according to the Levitical law, he was breaking the Levitical law because the moment his skin touched his skin, he become unclean. But the Levitical law was written about two men touching each other, not about a God touching a man. Because here's where it gets good. Can I have Pastor Alex and Pastor Matt come and help me this morning? Here they come. Come on, give them a hand. We're going to do it up here so, so the cameras can show the people at home. You ever heard your mom or dad say, don't hang around a bad crowd. They'll rub off on you. That's true. Because <laughs> they're contagious. And their craziness will get crazy on you. 
How many of you have ever been in the wrong crowd and got crazy on you? Say amen. amen. I have too. I know it's true. But that whole statement and the Levitical law according to who was clean and who was unclean was based upon two of the same type of people touching each other. It's a clean person and an unclean person coming into contact. And the Levitical law, always in the moment of contact, would stress that the unclean person would contaminate the clean person. They didn't know Jesus. Because, I'm going to let you be Jesus today, Matt. Come on now. You the leper today. Unclean. <laughs> Unclean. So if you were just a man and you guys touched, that meant his leprosy would come and through the point of connection, contaminate. And now the clean, which you didn't have leprosy, would now get contagious. And the person touching the other man, this person's condition would transfer to this person. Not with Jesus. Because Jesus can't get COVID-19. Jesus can't get any disease. Jesus can't get sinful because you're wicked. That's why some people say, well, wait a minute. I'm too bad to come to Jesus. That's a cop out, my friend, because you don't know the Jesus that I've been preaching about. Because if you ever know the real Jesus, you'll find out that the flow doesn't go this way. It starts coming this way. That your sin is trying to contaminate this, this connection, but the righteousness of God, anytime you touch Jesus and you need to know this, it'll drive something out. It will drive something out. So be careful if you want to touch it. You want to get rid of some stuff, touch Jesus. Because, Alex, I know your past. You know mine. Me and you used to dabble in things. <laughs> Not together. Not together. Not together. <laughs> Drugs. Telling them my I, I'm telling them mine too. <laughs> Drugs. Everybody say Drugs. We even <laughs> took <Terrible>. we even <laughs> we even took a drink or two, amen. Two or three. Two or three. Yeah. So, have you ever been drunk? Yeah, so have I. Yeah. So say <laughs> say drunk. <laughs> well, you could have been high and drunk all at the same time, and you could have stumbled into a building called a church or he could have found you at home or driving on the side of the road. And the moment that he showed up and touched you, your condition of alcoholism and drug addiction couldn't make it through the connection because his righteousness and holiness started to flow here and it drove out everything that once had you. It drove it out. That's why if you are a bad spouse, husband or wife, in a bad marriage, but if you could ever touch Jesus, his righteousness and holiness could drive out what the thing is that's destroying your marriage. 
You say, Pastor, I don't know. I got a good marriage and I ain't sick and I ain't, I'm not contagious. Hey, my friend, the church has to stand up in a moment like we live in presently and declare that somebody's got to touch Jesus. There has to be an awakening in our world. A revival needs to take place. One more time. Come over here. Man, I'm about to shout here. Uh, racist man. Hating his brother for no cause other than the pigmentation of his skin. Could be living life thinking that they're going to heaven. Now, I'm just going to preach. If you are in that condition, you are not. The Bible says this. How can you love God, which you cannot see, and not love your and hate your brother, which you can see? So don't fall prey to the deception of Jesus has got me. No, Jesus is wanting to touch you and change you. Because if you're in that condition, racist man could come and touch Jesus and the righteousness and the holiness of Jesus drive out the racism out of your life. Oh, oh. Holy, hold on, oh, hold on, we, we about to shout here, just stay where you are, if you're standing, stay standing, because here's the deal, I'm not talking about a connection that makes you not like the person, I'm not talking about, oh, I don't hate them anymore, no, 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 I'm talking about a love that can generate inside, I'm talking about driving something out of your life. Well, I was raised that way. The blood of Jesus will drive it out. Well, pastor, I just got to, if you touch him, just like the leprosy, the Bible says that the moment Jesus touched the leopard, immediately he was made whole and clean. The moment that she touched the hem of his garment, immediately her blood dried up. Because whatever he touches, you're not, well, pastor, I, I, I've got so much sin. You think your sin's going to get on Jesus? Have enough faith in him to believe that his righteousness will take over and drive the sin out of your life. Thank you, guys. Come on, let's give them a hand. Well, Pastor, I, I love my brother. Hey, man, I'm not talking about a Jesus that just drives out the big things. What blew me away about this sermon was that the God that I worship would get so close to me that he was willing to touch me and allow me to touch him. Arms distance, that close. And you know a little bit about my history. I mean, I wasn't a good guy. But his righteousness drove out the things that made me less than. I know Matt and him have already left. But how about that person that woke up today that felt less than? 
that felt like they hear that whisper in their head every single day of their life. You're damaged goods or you're not a good enough or you're not, you're not talented enough or you're not this enough or you're not that enough. The power of Jesus touching you will drive that out of you. Because his voice will be the voice that starts to speak how valuable you really are to him. It'll drive out loneliness. It'll drive out bitterness and unforgiveness. A touch from the master can drive out anything. He is not going to become bitter. He's not going to, you don't have to worry about so many people say, well, pastor, I would love to come to Jesus, but I'm too bad. No, my friend, it's not based upon how bad you are. It's based upon how good he is. Because you're trying to elevate your position as one that's unconquerable. Both of these people in the Bible had incurable diseases. But one touch from the master made them whole. Wonder what would happen if he touched you. You say, well, pastor, I've been sick for a long time. Many of you know the story. My mom was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis when I was about 16. I was already married when she got healed. She was blind, crippled in a wheelchair. And a lady come down from the balcony and prayed for her. Many of you know the story. It wasn't the touch from the woman from the balcony that got my mom up out of the wheelchair. It was that a lady from the balcony got touched by God. She took her faith down to a woman that needed to reach out and touch him. And they touched Jesus together and she was freed from her wheelchair. Whether you're in your living room, your car, or whether you're in the sanctuary. No matter what you have that needs to be touched by Jesus. One touch and he could set you free. One touch. So a lot of times when we say things in church and ease, you know, that's that language that all Christians talk inside a church. We say oh, where two or three are gathered in his name, there he is. And he's enthroned upon the praises of his people. And he's like way up there. No, I don't want you to envision him even up in the sky in this room. Just for the sake of the camera. This is my daughter-in-law. We've been not social distancing for 12 whole weeks. She's touched me already and I've touched her. I don't want Jesus to be up here. I want him to be right here. I want him to be within an arm's distance where whatever he has to touch in you and gives you the opportunity to reach out and touch him back. That's how close I want you to imagine Jesus coming right now to where you're seated. So will you close your eyes and envision Jesus coming to that place? as Amy leads us in a moment of worship.